0: Hey everyone, it's Stephanie here. Whether you're family planning or you're currently going through infertility or challenges with infertility, something that I learned firsthand is how important it is to really have the knowledge and information to make informed decisions and truly have access to the best resources. I know that going through infertility can be extremely lonely and also full of anxiety. Trust me, I went through it. I experienced it all. And to top it off with trying to run a business at the same time as you're going through everything, where you're responsible for other people's livelihoods and you're trying to create a life when it can feel totally out of your control and so many parts of the process that you can't control. I'll share that running a business definitely prepared me for my journey with infertility as I had to learn how to speak up, how to research. I did not take no for an answer, and I kept going until I found the answers that I so needed. And these were definitely skills that I've used over the past decade building businesses. So I really wanted to do this episode today for a few reasons. First, I know how hard the holidays can feel when going through infertility. It can feel like everyone is celebrating with family, and when you don't have one, it can be so isolating. I wanted to have a conversation today with two fellow entrepreneurs who are part of our community who turned their pain going through infertility into purpose, and they're now helping so many people on their own journeys, both through art and through coaching. I'm also going to bring on an incredible doctor from CCRM Miami, Dr. Potts. He's going to share some of his recommendations as well. And I always want to be a resource to each of you to share all of the things that I wish I knew when I was first starting out on my fertility journey. As you know, I am always an open book about my journey with infertility and the complications that I went through both with my infertility journey and then with my pregnancy journey. So please know that you can always reach out to me. I am a DM or an email away. So you can head over to the show notes and click to send me a message. All right, let's get to it. Let's get started. Abby and Jamie, you have both turned your pain into purpose. You've both built businesses that truly help people that are going through infertility in different ways. And navigating a journey with infertility is challenging for anyone, but definitely as business owners, the challenges may show up differently with immense responsibilities that we have when we're running a business and taking care of our teams. While navigating a journey with infertility. And I can say this for sure the three of us have all had very complicated fertility pregnancy journeys. And one of the reasons that we share all of our stories is so others don't feel alone. And I know it's not easy to summarize any of our journeys in just a couple of minutes, but Would love if we could, if we could try. So for entrepreneurs who may not have met the two of you yet, Jamie and Abby, would love for you to share a little background on both of your journeys and what led you to start your business. So Jamie, if you want to jump in and and share first.
1: Sure. So happy to be here. Love being an entrepreneur. My business wasn't supposed to be a business. It was supposed to be a hobby. I've been a buyer for 16 years and when going through my three-year infertility battle, I needed something that would make me feel good. And art is has always been that for me um, and very cathartic for me. And I kind of paint my feelings. And one day I saw out of the corner of my eye an IVF needle unused and because you get so many of them. And I opened it up and I put some paint in kind of just to see what would happen on the canvas. And it was this like living metaphor that the uncontrollable was was being controlled i was creating beauty through the pain pain to purpose and i started sharing my journey and connecting with people all over and then people wanted art and then i started using ivf needles on their art their ivf needles and it just became a thing and a skip hop skip pandemic and a jump away i <laughs> quit my my full time job and now i am fully glitter enthusiast painting
0: and making people happy all over. I still remember. I think you had sent me a text message. Even It was a few months ago now at this point when you finally quit your job. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like just hearing those words. Cause I know what it takes to finally just make that so leap. And, <laughs> and I know, and, and go all in on your business. Yeah. And we had connected years ago now because it was when I was going through my journey with infertility. I think, didn't we initially connect? Was it through Instagram? We initially connected? It was through a friend, a friend. mutual friend, actually. And introduced us, yes. Because I was posting and sharing and then she so connected we us, posting yes. posting and sharing
1: and I was posting and sharing and isn't that like the coolest natural progression to see where we are now based off of taking something so painful and, and making a life out of it, not just the obvious lives we make out of it.
2: No, absolutely. Abby, how about you? So my story's very long and sorted and I will spare a lot of the time in it. But if you do want to hear the full story, it is in a podcast. And the podcast was very pivotal in creating my business as well. So my husband and I went through infertility for nearly six years, not nearly, six years. Literally, you name it, we went through it. Losses, ectopic, reduction. And this was before any of us were turning this pain into purpose. And so we felt like nobody knew the right thing to say. Everyone who loved us was saying the wrong thing, even though they didn't mean to. And so also funny, I never thought of it this way, Jamie, but we also from our artistic perspective, because my husband's a filmmaker and loves documentary and I I used to be an actress, we were like, let's start recording. Like, this is what we know how to do is storytelling. And so we felt like this recorder became our sort of impromptu couples therapist and we felt completely safe because nobody was on the other side of it judging us. And so we literally just started sharing our story and it was like, We could complain about the way that our best friends were not giving us the support we needed when we were having a miscarriage, right? Because nobody was there to hear it except for this recorder. And so lo and behold, it ended up becoming an actual podcast. We didn't know that that would happen and it did very well. And this was before there were a lot of fertility podcasts out there. And so people were starting to reach out to me when it got released from all over I the know. world. You did. Jamie did. Yeah. Which like recently, I re-found re her original message to me on Instagram and sent it to her. And I was like, I mean, this is like full circle.
1: I know. There were no podcasts about it at the time. And I felt like, sorry to, to jump in, no, but I, I, I felt compelled to reach out to you because I was like, I relate to this girl. And I we come from similar backgrounds. And I didn't know anyone who was going through fertility, so I thought until I posted it, and everyone came out of the woodwork. Exactly. So like, yeah, me too. And I was looking for an infertility podcast, something to relate to, and I I stumbled upon yours, and I was like, oh, like I could be friends with these people. And I reached. I was like, I'm a fan. And da, da, da. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. She was literally like, I hope this isn't too stalkerish, but blah blah blah. And I was like, first of all, I love a good stalker. Second of all, <laughs> like. Thank you for listening. By the way, that podcast is called Maculate Conception and No Big Deal, just won a very big award, which I'm like, have not been publicizing because of the state of the world. But I'm telling you guys are the first people I'm telling you, we won the gold award from Signal Awards for Best Documentary Limited Series. Anyway. I
0: digress. Congrats, congrats. All right, well, Abby, give us the link so we can link out to that in the show notes. Everyone can go listen to that too.
2: Thank you. But the women reaching out to me from just putting that podcast out, I was like, there is such a gap in the system and such a space that needs to be filled. And that's how Encircle Fertility was born.
0: Thank you both for sharing that. And it really, it goes to show, you know, so many of us go through so much in our lives personally and professionally. And when you can really find that, passion to help others and then build a business around it, you know, nothing is better. Like when you know you're making impact every single day with, with the work that you're doing. So thank you both for, for doing all that you do. Going through infertility and a complicated infertility journey, and then an even more complicated pregnancy journey for myself, it was probably like the hardest thing that I've ever been through. And don't wish what I went through on on anyone, which is why I like to talk about it and share, just so people can learn from my personal experiences, the mistakes I've made, the learning lessons, what I wish I knew. And I know you both have your own journeys that that you went through and, and share a lot about your experiences as well, that that helps so many others. And that's how we all can help each other. One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode today is because with the holiday season coming up, it can just feel so isolating when you are going through either a complicated infertility journey, or you're even thinking about starting that process when all you want is a family, especially during the holiday season. How did you both manage to get through not even just the holiday season, but like really hard times going through your fertility journeys?
1: I always think about my instruction manual and giving people my instruction manual and saying, okay, I'm going through this. I want to talk to you about this when I bring it up. And when we're together, unless I bring it up and say, let's talk about it, let's just not. So I, I thought that taking the power and and giving people your instruction manual is always really helpful. The other thing for me is to always find something not fertility related that makes you feel like you like painting makes me feel at home. So painting through the pain to me was very cathartic and incredibly helpful.
2: I love that, Jamie. And I say something similar in terms of the manual, like the biggest thing with me and my clients is I can't guarantee you a baby, but I can guarantee that you feel in control of a completely out of control situation. Right. So From start to finish, so much of this is out of our control. The appointments, the monitoring, what our friends and family are going to say that we're not expecting. And so how can we work to anticipate what those might sound like and play out the worst case scenario? So if Aunt Janice, I always say Aunt Janice because I don't really have an Aunt Janice. So just to keep it clean, like there is no real Aunt Janice. But if Aunt Janice is going to be like, no, when are you going to give us a baby, right? Like play that out in your head.
1: Oh, it's too familiar. <laughs>
2: right? I know. I mean, we all know that's what she would do. Yeah. For me personally, and this is really different for everyone, and everyone has to think about their own family. It what makes them feel comfortable. But for me, it was like, let me put an immediate boundary on that. And my answer was always, as soon as I have something to share, I'll let you know. As soon as I have something to share, I'll let you know. And kind of like Jamie said, until then, we don't need to talk about this. Or I'm trying and it's really hard. And so I'd really appreciate... And that you don't ask. It, It really has to do with what you feel comfortable with. And in the beginning of a journey of infertility, you often want to stay more private because you want to have the surprise moment. You want to be able to give that to your family, right? You want to have your, I'm pregnant, can you please pass the pasta moment at your holiday table? And so I think we start small and we think like, well, I'm not going to give away the whole story, but as it can sometimes go on and on, and I hope it doesn't for people, but if it does the more those feelings of frustration and imagining those situations play out, the more you need to take control and think about those things that you're going to say, which can include, we're working really hard on it. It's not been amazing. Please don't ask, you know, and that's it. Trust me, they will get the message.
0: Such great advice.
1: With the highs of low and lows of it, you might feel a way today and then get some news, feel a different way tomorrow. And it's like, you're the one on the roller coaster, right? So like, You don't have the control and you're the one on the roller coaster. So you should really let people know, like, have people be your rocks.
0: Absolutely. Abby, how do you feel that friends and family can really best support someone who is going through infertility or on this journey?
2: I love that question so much. I think that being present and what that entails, literal handholding is the best way to be there for somebody. I always think honesty is the best policy. So if you know that you love someone and you don't know what to say and you don't really know what they're going through and you don't understand it, then you literally say to them, I don't know what you're going through. I don't understand it, but I am here for you, even if it's to just sit and eat a pint of ice cream. Or if it's because you want to cry with your head in my lap, or it's because you just want to be with somebody that knows you and gets you and you don't want to talk about it at all. Like all of those things that we think in our head and we're like, Ooh, I don't know if I should say those things. You should, you should say them because chances are, it's exactly what your person wants to hear. And they just want to know that you're there to like sit in the shit of it.
1: That's what you do for people.
2: Me? Me? or, or staff or both of us really, but yes. Yeah. I'm Hope here to sit you. in the shit of, <laughs> Totally. I'm here to sit in the shit of it with you, but like, you know, dancing around <laughs> it. I know it's like, that should be my uh, advertising line with like a poop emoji. Here to sit in the shit. <laughs> but one of the things I've been thinking about a lot in terms of coaching is this, that there's this epidemic right now of loneliness a lot since the mm-hmm. pandemic. And so- The literal body response and calmness and relief that come from knowing that somebody's in something with you has been, they've been doing all these studies and just, it's actually like the antidote to loneliness, just knowing that you have a person because you don't feel so isolated and alone, which can be really a big part of this journey.
0: So important. I'm so glad you shared that. Can you both tell me more about your idea to come together to create your infertility cards of affirmation, because speaking of ways that friends or family members can help those that are going through infertility, this is definitely an amazing solution. And I love that you both collaborated to make this all happen.
1: I mean, I'm so proud of this. Like you guys came to us and and had this amazing idea to use your beautiful words with our art, and all the art is, cre- all original art is created using sterile IVF needles. So it, it's kind of like, five toned <laughs> like it's just it just made so much sense and when it finally came, we worked on it for a while and when it finally came together it was so beautiful and it's changed so many people i i it, it's really helped people and it's there are words on it that just make you feel not alone and make you feel part of something bigger i'm really proud of this
0: I'm going to re- I want to read this one card that I just pulled out and it actually it just happens to be what was on top and it goes along with exactly what we were saying. It says there are people in this world that love me. I see myself through their eyes. I am not alone. Which is exactly yeah. what we were just talking about. Yeah. And for me like when I was when I was going through my journey with infertility, these uh, infertility affirmations cards did not exist. There's, you know, other like general affirmation cards and I used to I had a pack of those and I would also just find like positive quotes. Basically on Instagram, I would screenshot stuff. I would put it in a folder and I was like creating my own because being able to have these like mantras that you tell yourself, affirmations that you tell yourself over and over again, it's important whether for whatever you're going through, whether it's going through infertility or just life in general, because the more positive things we can tell ourselves and train our brain, like that's what we begin to to think and feel. So I'm so glad that that you Thanks. both created these. But Abby, Abby, share more. Share more about the process because as a business podcast too, want to share all the ins and outs of, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, so I had gotten a deck after I went through my journey of very general ones that were still very beautiful. And I was like, God, these would have been so handy to have when I was going through infertility. So then it was really perfection in terms of timing. Like Jamie and I had just connected through my former business partner. Like the timing just worked out perfectly. I had just found her incredible art. And all of a sudden, like within two seconds, I was like, oh my God, I have to make these specifically for infertility. And oh my God, Jamie has to be the artist. And that was it. It was just like, there was not a more perfect match in my head in terms of like how this entire project could be in support of people going through it. And so... It's funny because you said this roller coaster and one that always comes posted on social or people will say, I pulled this one today and it feels so apt, is this roller coaster is not the rest of my life. And so, yes, that could be true for so many things. But when you know that it was made by a person who was experiencing infertility and the art was done by somebody who experienced infertility, then you know they're talking about the exact roller coaster that you're on, not the generic one at Disneyland. You know what I mean? And so just being able to make something so personal and that I knew would affect so many people. I've never done a product before. I probably never will. Again, this is the one that I put out into the world. Like I am so happy about it, you know? Yeah,
1: it's very cool. I also feel like during my journey, because I feel like all of us went through journeys around the same time I started, like 2015 is really when my journey started. And the boys were born in 2018. Twins, cuties. And there was nothing there was nothing. We keep talking about loneliness. It was freaking lonely. It was so lonely. And there was no, there were no products or anything that made me feel good. I use the mantra a lot. That was then, and this is now. And I use that during different embryo transfers and how they're, they're not related. That was then, and this is now. And now we're going through some health things with my, my kids. And I keep saying that was then, and this is now. And I'm using some of the cards to help me. I feel like it goes beyond fertility into motherhood. Um it does and, and you know, there's one
2: that comes to mind when you say that, which is my past does not dictate my future. I think is how we say it in that. My past treatment does not dictate my future cycle, something like that. And it's true for so many pieces of this motherhood puzzle.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so many other things, new job, like anything it speaks to. And then they're really pretty. So they're beautiful. There's there's they're really each one is a work of art.
0: Abby and Jamie, what do you both know now that you wish you knew when you first started your journey with infertility? And then I'm going to ask you the same question about your business.
1: I would say one size does not fit all. Sometimes it can feel so large and the protocols can be very similar for different people in different cases. Speak up for yourself, find advocates. If there's a, find a fertility coach Someone like Abby, who can, who's been there, can help you with it and can stay grounded for you because the other people in your lives who haven't gone through it, they don't get it. It's not the same. And I kind of had my mom during mine, and she was so wonderful. But then the next sentence, she would be like, "I looked at your or I looked at dad, and I just had you. I blinked, and you were here." I'm just like, "I love you." That's super not helpful, mom. And having a coach or having someone that has been through it is. I think incredibly helpful.
2: That is my personal and my business probably response. But for personal, I mean, I think, and I say this all the time, we were so as a culture opposed to getting help in so many areas, including post-birth, right? Postnatal care. Nobody wanted a doula. You were looked down upon if you got a lactation consultant, right? All these places were looked at weaknesses. And now Women were like, enough. And so it's very mainstream to get a midwife and to get a doula and to get a lactation consultant because we said, we don't raise children in a village anymore, so we have to create our village. I could not feel more strongly about that for infertility because I think when we end up on the other side of it, we're like, there has to be a better way to have gone through that. Sometimes it feels like that roller coaster we're talking about, but like you forgot your seatbelt. So make sure you have the person there who's gonna remind you to put that seatbelt on and go through it as safely and like cautiously and with as much care as possible. So really build your village to make your baby and not just to raise your baby.
0: Yes, so true. I mean, it's it's what I wish I had when I was going through everything. I was able to get through my journey essentially by sharing publicly and crowdsourcing information because I didn't know that there were fertility coaches or that was a thing. And even I would say like even five years ago, it's not like what it is today with like your services, Abby, that are so needed. I didn't even know to search for infertility coach to like help me through everything. I literally was sharing on social media, crowdsourcing information. Like luckily I ended up, you know, meeting some of my best friends in life and in business this day from from doing that and had Molly because of it. And I was able to get to the right right information ultimately, but it, it wasn't easy. Whereas had I been working with someone like you, Abby, Probably would have been a little bit easier. So glad that you have have your have your business. Any other things you would each share about just what you've learned in business over the years, and anything that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started as well?
1: Having something like the entrepreneurs, is, I think, is incredibly helpful. Having a crowd of of female run businesses and people who have been through this licensing is something that we are learning so much more about now. But going into it, that people were coming to us for licensing a lot. And we didn't know what to do. Having people who know PR and how to have a one-pager, how to pitch. Like these are things that, you know, you think you know everything about your business, but there's all of these other things that are like, huh? and for me, it's like the clerical stuff is really, really hard for me. So it's helpful to have others who can guide on QuickBooks, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I would say also sort of to that end, but a different perspective is that a constant reminder that you are you and your people are your people. So I think that's relevant in so many different facets of business. I see so many people freak out because they're like, well, I can't start this because there already is one, or I can't do this because they already have one. And I'm not for everyone. Like I'll meet with people on a, on a consult and like, it's so clear we're not a match. Right. And then the people who are my people, they are so my people. And that goes for business as well as clients. So sometimes you need something in business and you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. I I would say like trust that and know that this is going to sound weird. The round hole is out there somewhere, but the right fit exists. And so if your gut is telling you that it doesn't, like as a life coach, because I am a certified life coach, like one of the biggest things I tell people, like there's your people and there's not your people. Don't spend more time and energy on the not your people. Just find your people, you know? And I think that's true from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, from a work perspective, when you build your team, when you use vendors, like find your people.
1: I find something really exciting in in running your own business that you can go work with your people. I spent so many years appeasing people that didn't have the same vision as me, that me being a, a creative personality wasn't the most businessy for what they needed. Or I always, I always feel like I was feeling down on myself because I was matching with people who weren't my people. So that, that really opened some turn on a light. (laughs) 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 I understood that fully.
0: Abby and Jamie, thank you so much for spending some time this afternoon and having this conversation. I've learned so much just from what you've shared and and agree with a lot of the things that you shared as well. And I know it's going to be helpful to so many entrepreneurs that are listening to this right now. Where can everyone find and follow both of you? And for those that might be interested in either working with you, Abby, or buying your incredible, beautiful artwork, Jamie, where should they head over to do that? And Abby, we can start with you this time.
2: Sure. Um, My handle on Instagram is InCircleFertility. And from there, you can find everything. You can find my other Instagrams. You can find my website. You can schedule a 15-minute chat to see if you want to work together. You can buy our cards. It's all under in Circle Fertility on Instagram.
0: Perfect. And we'll link out to that in the show notes. And over to you, Jamie. Glitter enthusiast
1: everywhere at glitter enthusiast, glitterenthusiast.com, where you can order prints, schedule a commission meeting to do collabs. We are big on Instagram. And I do have to say there is not glitter that is used in the products. Glitter is a state of mind. (laughs) It's it's happy place. So
0: love it. All right, we're linking out to everything in the show notes. So everyone, head over there to go check out Jamie and Abby.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Coming up, my conversation with Dr. Potts from CCRM Miami. So one of the most important things that I've learned from going through my journey with infertility is that you really have to be comfortable with the doctors that you're working with. And I actually was a patient at CCRM in New York City when I lived there. And now that I've moved down to South Florida, I was so excited when I learned that the CCRM team would be opening in South Florida. They have a new location in Miami. And today I'm joined by Dr. Potts. He is one of the incredible CCRM doctors at CCRM Miami. And we're going to have a conversation today about how to choose a fertility clinic, strategies to get through the holiday season when going through infertility, and the importance of really building a relationship with your doctor. Dr. Potts, I am so glad that you're here with me today. I wish I knew all that I know now when I first started my journey from how to handle the emotional roller coaster of infertility, how to choose the right fertility doctor and clinic, and what questions to ask. And I truly believe that the only way that we can really learn is to continue to share all of this information so we can all help each other. So let's just dive right in. I have a bunch of questions for you. Dr. Potts, can you share with me, like, what are the most important considerations that people should be thinking about when choosing a fertility clinic?
3: Thank you very much uh, for the introduction. I agree. The most important thing for us to do is is to try and demystify this process as much as possible, because it really is kind of confronting and, and can be a little bit challenging when you get started. There are a lot of factors that you can consider when you're choosing your clinic, but I think the three big ones, one, make sure that you choose a doctor that you're comfortable with, right? You know, you're know, you going to spend a lot of time talking to this, this person. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that they're well trained, that they have specific infertility fellowship training, but you really want to make sure that they're open, accessible, that they're not trying to push an agenda on you, that they're listening to you and kind of hearing your concerns, what you want for your family building and make sure that you you know, those goals align, you're comfortable with that person. The second thing is the team around that doctor, right? So yes, your doctor is really important. You're going to see them a lot. You're probably going to talk to the rest of the team in the clinic even more over the course of the weeks or months that that, that fertility journey takes. And you want to be able to actually communicate with them. So, you know, unfortunately in medicine, sometimes communication is is a little lackluster, a little lacking. Really great to have a team that you know you can get in touch with when you have those questions, you know, medication issues, if you need to talk to insurance, to have a team that's able to actually help guide you through that kind of complicated process is really, really helpful. And then, you know, honestly, the, the third and Probably the most important thing from a, a success rate standpoint is what is the quality of the embryology lab that you're working with? Because as much as I would love to sit here and say the significant improvements in success rates in IVF have come from doctors being more knowledgeable and smarter and, and whatever else, it's really down to the embryology lab and the, the quality of the processes that, that they're doing. And that can be a huge difference from clinic to clinic. You know, there are ways that you can look at objective data between clinics. SART or S-A-R-T is, you know, an organization that publishes outcome data for the majority of IVF clinics across the country. And doing your research ahead of time, or at least asking your team and asking your physician when you make that appointment, gives you the confidence that the time you're putting in, the logistical effort, the emotional effort, and, and the financial resources is getting you the best possible outcome when you're finishing your cycle.
0: That's so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll be sure to link out to those resources that you just shared in the show notes below. Because my question for you before you shared that was going to be like, how can someone find the success rates to know how great the the lab uh, is? So thank you for sharing that. So we'll be sure to link out to that. And you also mentioned, you know, something that I talk about all the time, like really feeling comfortable with the doctor that you're working with. And it's like the most important thing, in my opinion. Can you share, like, what is your specific approach when working with a new patient?
3: I think it's really important that you and your doctor are, you're kind of meeting each other in the same place, right? It's really easy to come in with sort of preconceived notions of how a cycle is supposed to go. It's really easy as a physician to kind of bring your own, you know, biases and world, world experience into a consultation. But you, you want to be able to connect on a, on a really fundamental level of what does family building look like to you? What kind of family do you want to build? How do you want to get to that point? Because we have lots of different options, right? So through testing, through treatment, through fertility preservation, there are lots of different ways that, you know, we can help provide care and, and help to get to that end point of having a happy family. And you really need to be able to to have a good, honest conversation right at the start of of what that looks like for you. I think just being open and, and non judgmental and having a full and honest, open discussion about all of that upfront is is the best way to get that process started.
0: No, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I know for me, I had a very emotional journey and, and roller coaster with going through infertility and then having a complicated pregnancy and one of the hardest times for me, I felt like every year was just dealing with the holiday season and just seeing so many people with their families and photos and just desperately wanting to have that family. And it can be such a challenging time. And especially for, you know, us as women business owners who are trying to build these businesses and we feel like we have so much control in our business and we can make all these decisions. And then so many things when you're going through infertility just feel like out of your control. It's something that you expect you can just get pregnant easily. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, how do we, how do we make it happen? So how do you recommend that for these challenging times during the holidays, we get through it? Do you have any advice that you can share?
3: It is always a challenge. And, and, you know, my wife and I had our own infertility struggles and went on our own IVF journey. And, you know, you get to these big family gathering occasions you had these like expectations that you'd set for yourself that oh by this stage we're going to be you know pregnant we're going to have a child we're going to have a family and you know each time you get to that point that, and it hasn't happened you're kind of bringing that baggage with you into those conversations and, and family and friends as well meaning as they are have the ability to kind of maybe not understand where everyone's coming from when they get to those those holiday parties family gatherings and it's really easy to make comments that are well-meaning, well-intentioned, but, but totally cut you to the bone when, when you're actually going through it. If you're comfortable talking about it, I, honestly, so many people have had experiences with infertility, with pregnancy losses, with difficult pregnancies that, you know, I think it's just starting a conversation if you're comfortable doing that with your family and friends is, is really helpful. And, you know, you might be surprised to find how many other people around you are going through the same thing and can offer that support in the moment. Not always it's you know that is not always the easiest thing to do, and so I always you know encourage people to find information, find extra resources. There are some great companies that provide online resources in Circle Fertility is a great company. I know that you work with the with the provider there as well. Companies like fertility i q rescripted provides a lot of great resources. social media has a lot of a lot of support, some of it you know can be just providing humor in a moment that you you really just need something to distract you from what you're doing with your fertility treatments. You know, be that Facebook groups, Instagram, TikTok, you know, these are great places to go and have that kind of escape. And then if you're really struggling, honestly, it's it's not uncommon. You know, the, the stress that comes with infertility and fertility treatments is akin to the stress that people experience when they have a cancer diagnosis. So this is, this is no small thing. It's okay to not be okay talk to your team about it. You know, there are some really great licensed mental health professionals, counselors that specifically focus on fertility. They do a great job of helping to kind of center you, talk through some of these issues and get you to a point where you're feeling a little bit more comfortable about taking on the outside world while you're going through the fertility struggles.
0: Yeah, I love that you shared all of those things. Uh, Many of them I I definitely took part in when I was going through everything. I met some of my closest friends now in life and business like to this day through the infertility community on social media. Some of these women that I connected with, I mean, I share I I literally would not have had my daughter if it were not for Some of the people that I met through Instagram sharing my story and what I was going through and we connected and to be able to have conversations with other people who are going through what you're going through is, is so helpful to have that support system and also worked with a therapist during that time as well. Because like you said, it is like going through a, any other type of medical diagnosis. So for those listening that, that are going through this right now, you are not alone and there are people to talk to and we're, we're always here for you. You can always also send me a DM. I'm always happy to, to connect with, with anyone. So.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and likewise, and, you know, it's, I I think people kind of just assume, well, oh, everyone has, you know, everyone does this. Everyone has a pregnancy. It's the most natural, normal thing in the world. And, and not being able to do that is, is some sort of personal flaw, but you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's a medical condition, you know, it comes with things that we can do medically to help address it. And you shouldn't feel like it's some personal failing. You, but if you're, if you're struggling with being able to kind of process those emotions and, and be able to work with family and, and have kind of a job outside of that, then absolutely we have these resources available. And I'm, I'm happy to, to talk to people who are going through those struggles.
0: Thank you for sharing. And yeah, we'll, we'll link out to any other resources that you have. So everyone head to the show notes uh, for all the things that we're chatting about. Everything will be there.
3: My easy, thing, easy yeah. place to access the it. Yes, week, the better. I think.
0: <laughs> I agree. There, I don't think here, there can ever be too much information. It's good to just have the information to to be able to make the best decisions. Now, Doctor Potts, we have a lot of members in our Entrepreneurista community who are not yet ready to start a family, but might want to in the future. And we have conversations around, you know, the possibility of egg freezing. Actually, we have a lot of members who have shared with me, they've gone ahead and frozen their, their eggs to really have that fertility preservation. Can you share more about the process of egg freezing? When should someone consider doing it? And, and what is it like to go through that process?
3: I think a lot of people who are in this early phase of developing their business, the business is their family at that point, right? Like it's, it's your baby, you spend all of your time on it. You know, the idea of starting a, a family and having children necessarily at some point takes a little bit of a back step to that. I would say there's, there's really no wrong time to start thinking about fertility preservation. The two biggest things that we think about that have an influence on success for fertility preservation a really sort of number of eggs and quality of eggs when they're frozen. And those two numbers are as high as they will ever be at, at this point in your life. There's really no point after which we would say, absolutely, you know, this, is, this is not the right thing to do. But meeting with a fertility specialist, talking through your specific circumstances, getting some testing to look at you know, your specific ovarian reserve and, and what our expectations of success for a cycle might be, really, really good to do that upfront. You know, I don't think I've ever had someone say, I regret freezing eggs or embryos. But we certainly have people that say, oh man, I wish I'd done that a couple of years ago. So even if at the end of everything, if you freeze eggs, if you freeze embryos, and you don't get a pregnancy from everything that that you've done, you know that you've done everything that you possibly could have within the realms of science and technology that that exists to be able to get to that point of having a family it's when you you maybe haven't done that and you have regrets that that really really makes people suffer. So if you're thinking about family building, if you ever think that you might want to have children but just think that this is maybe not the right time, reach out, have that conversation, see what your options are. We're happy to have that conversation up front.
0: What does that typically look like? So someone would make an appointment with you and it would just it would be a consultation just to learn more about what their goals are for family planning. And then do you do testing right away just to see like what tests do you do in the yeah, f- yeah. F- up front?
3: So most important kind of factors for looking at egg freezing or even embryo freezing is really getting a, a good idea of what the reproductive hormone system is looking like what your ovarian reserve is and two big ways that we can look at ovarian reserve, meaning sort of quantity of eggs that we might retrieve during an egg retrieval cycle. One is a blood test, a hormone called anti-malarian hormone, and two is an ultrasound where we can physically look at the ovaries and and count up all the potential eggs that we might retrieve from a single month or a single cycle. Those two factors together give us a really good idea upfront of you know, how many eggs we might expect to retrieve and then what that might look like in terms of success rates for having future pregnancies, be that just through frozen eggs or creating embryos that that are a little bit further down the development process. So that initial appointment really is a way for us to you know, gather some information about your goals, your history. If you've had any testing done, we can review it. If not, we can always order that at that first visit. And then once we have some of that information back, we can come up with a really robust plan for what your fertility preservation treatment options are, and get you straight on to to you know potentially freezing eggs or embryos at that point.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for for sharing that. So for our entrepreneurs that may be interested in coming to see you to book a consultation to learn more about their options, what is the best way for them to reach out to you to schedule an appointment?
3: Yeah. So uh, calling the clinic is is honestly uh, the the best way to go, or visiting our website. Uh, if you Google CCR in Miami, it, it'll pop up with our details. You can fill out an online form and and someone from the call center will give you a call back. But yeah, happy to talk to anyone at any point in this journey, even if it's just to gather some information, even if you're not ready to, to pull that trigger at this point. You know, it's always good to be armed with that information up front so that you feel like you're making the best choices for you.
0: Absolutely. And again, we will link out to your contact information, all of the resources that you shared in the show notes below. And for our listeners, if you are interested in meeting with Dr. Potts or his team, uh, you can head over to CCRM Miami linked out in the show notes. And you can mention Entrepreneurista because they do have a special offer for our Entrepreneurista listeners and members. Dr. Potts, thank you again for being here and sharing all of this very helpful information and looking forward to seeing you again soon. Bye everyone. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.